0: This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I'm so excited to have Susie Veers with me. And Susie is the founder of SheBirthBravely.com. And thank you so much for joining me today, Susie. Thank you for having me, Sarah. It's such a pleasure to be here. So we're going to be talking today about birth as a transformation. So as I always ask every guest, tell us about how you got into the whole birth world.
1: Yeah, so when I first got pregnant, the first time birth terrified me to the very core of my being. It was something that I thought would be uncomfortable and gross and embarrassing and not something I particularly wanted to do. Um, We ended up losing our first baby, which was really sad, um, at about 14 weeks. And then it was due to complications, it was almost... A year, a little bit more before we could even try again for a second. And so, at that time, I had a little bit of time to kind of like warm up to the idea of birth. And my husband's family was very, very natural, and his mom had all natural births. And he thought it would be a good idea for me to have a natural birth. And oh, that's adorable, <laughs>
0: him. That's
1: so cute. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not faulting him. That was a great idea. You go, husband. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was great. It really opened my mind to prepare for that. But um, I think my fear was so great that it it didn't really go that well. Where do you think, where did that fear come from, do you think? Mm, you know, my mom had challenging births and I just, I had no exposure to like a positive birth story other than my mother-in-law was like the one person that I had ever heard say good things about the experience. So I just had in my mind, like, this is going to be the worst thing you ever do. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. It wasn't. um, Not as bad as you (laughs) thought. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Yeah. So my first, that birth actually, um, things did go sideways. I had a C-section after um, 24 hours of labor with Pitocin and Epidural. And, you know, my, her, my daughter's heart rate was like not doing what it was supposed to be doing so we had a c-section and it was pretty traumatic for me and so when i got pregnant again i had to do a lot of inner work to kind of undo this programming where i had been exposed to enough of hey this could be a good thing but my experience had been so staggeringly different i knew it could be better and so in doing that work i really fell in love with birth and i you know i broke that cycle of pain and fear in my own family and for myself and i love when i can help another mom get through that same like barricade yeah. of, of fear and into an experience that really serves her.
0: So um what did your mom have to say about your birth
1: experience? Was she there for the births? <laughs> she was not there for either of them actually. She lives on the other side of the country so she came out after for my first and mm-hmm. then For my second, she was supposed to be here for it, but um, then I went so overdue. um, Stinker baby. I know, right? (laughs) They don't understand we're working on a schedule here. (laughs) I know. And my Hazel, she still has so much attitude and does everything her own way. There you go. (laughs) Yep. Awesome. So when did uh, you come up with the idea for She Births Bravely? So, I started writing about birth during my own pregnancy with Hazel. and that's my second pregnancy. And when I was doing that, I was reading a lot of Brene Brown and really kind of stepping into that question of what does it mean to be authentic? what does it mean to be yourself? What does it mean to know to understand your own needs and try to fulfill those in legitimate ways, which I believe is one of the most fundamental aspects of a positive birth is knowing your needs and having a a team around you that helps you get those needs met, whatever they are. And what if you don't even know what your needs are? Yeah, I think that's probably why our birth system in the U.S. at least is so messed up. Um, And I I say that especially when I look at my first birth, you know, because I had this idea of, okay, I'm going to try this natural birth and I'm just going to do it. And then the one thing that I didn't expect was the... um, the fear that I would feel in the moment when I started feeling contractions and I, I didn't expect needing so much emotional support around Mm. that. You know, I thought it was just something like, I'm going to go have a baby today. And I didn't realize that it was such, um, that you have to do a lot of internal work to, to really step into motherhood. And that's not something anyone can do for you you might get some guidance through a good birth class on on what to do or or how to do that but you really got to do the work yeah so this is as we're talking birth as a transformation
0: so you get to do the transformation whether whether you're ready or not <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> yeah yeah so um, in in my
0: personal experience it seems like um well i i believe that birth as a transformation is is the most Wow, I am so not eloquent today. Um, There's no other time in your life where you can get so much work done on yourself than in birth. You can train for a year for a marathon and not as a, accomplish as much healing and growth as you do at, at a birth. Mm-hmm, and absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you as birth is a transformation. So what were the, some of the things that you felt w- you were transformed, whether you liked it or not, that first birth? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, honestly, I, I, for a long time, I felt that my first birth just, just broke me down to my core, you know, like I realized I didn't know, um, but it was just a very challenging experience. I don't think it was really until I started preparing for my, um, I was in my third pregnancy, but second birth that I started to kind of break through some of that, um, like some of the depression and some of the just feelings of a failure and let down from that first experience. And, um, I think one of the most powerful things that I learned was how to ask for what I wanted and how to set a boundary around like, Hey, I need this. And that's a real need. And I'm going to get that met, you know, instead of just like, I remember my first like one of the very first things I learned about birth was the fear, tension, pain cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure you've heard about that. It's like where you um, like during birth, you might feel afraid about a contraction. So you start to tense up and that tension makes your contraction more painful, which then increases your fear and kind of go into it. And I knew about that before my first birth, I had heard that, that that existed But it wasn't until I experienced it, you know, I thought I could just say, well, I'm not afraid, you know, Yeah, that would take the fear away and it doesn't. It
0: does not work that way. You can't. Yep. (laughs) Plus, plus you become things come up that you didn't even know frightened you that, I mean, some, there will be small triggers or there'll be small, small little things that will just surprise you with the power with which they come out. Right. Like. Some moms are like after the birth, they're like, "I'm so sorry, I yelled at you when you tried to give me a drink." (laughs) I'm like, like, "It's fine. You're working really hard. No offense taking, (laughs) you know." But they're just surprised at the intensity of the experience.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really raw experience. Like you can't wear any masks through birth. Like whatever masks you put on, whatever safety nets you kind of hold around yourself to keep maybe certain emotions. Hidden it all comes unveiled and unmasked because it's such an intense event that you can't you can't put any mental power into keeping up any of that anymore,
0: yeah, well, I mean, not to scare people first time mamas, it's not like you all of your coping behaviors and all of your bad habits and traumas will then be laid out for everybody to see oh, it's, it's not like true. that it's but it's like you said, nobody can do this for you, nobody. Yeah. Nobody and you,
1: can. you find out that you're very powerful and you're strong and mm-hmm. um, your reactions to things are are um, honest. You typically, you know, like if someone touches you the wrong way, you know, so even if they're trying to help, like giving you a back rub, instead of just saying, like, please don't do that, you might yell at them and like, don't yeah. do that, you know. Stop touching me. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that speaks to the
0: importance of um, making sure that those on your birth team, those that are in your birth space, space are also ready to have you be honest. So maybe a friend or a mother-in-law who's not really
1: <laughs> willing to
0: go there with you
1: probably shouldn't be in the birth space. Yeah, it's a very sacred thing to walk with someone through their birth. You really have to set aside your own path and watch them um. Discovered and pulled their own path and support them and however they want to be supported. Yeah.
0: So we've been through generations of births that are done to us. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard for our moms and some of our older sisters and our friends to really understand that birth can be such a transformational experience and that, because they were just told, even if they had a transformational experience, they were never allowed to tell their story or they were never allowed to explore that. Right. So how, how would you like, as somebody who wants to have a transformational experience and wants to learn everything, obviously, because you're listening to this super nerdy podcast, (laughs) how would you go about helping your friends, family, birth team um, really understand your point of view and in preparing them for this?
1: Yeah. So as a doula, one of the first things I do with my clients is a birth plan. And I know a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on if this is a good thing or a bad thing to do. But I really like it because it's a good starting point to see what you want and what your partner wants. Sometimes those are different and that's a good thing to be able to converse about that and see. But I think the most magical thing about a birth plan is that it's a starting point. It's not like a list of demands you get to turn in and say, this is what's going to happen. But um, it helps you start asking the right questions about everything around you to see if you have what you need to likely get the birth that you want. But what people don't realize about birth is like you can't control the outcome, but you can absolutely control which dice you're rolling. Are you flipping a coin that has two sides or are you rolling where like one side is a C-section, one side is not a C-section, or are you rolling a dice that has 50 sides where one out of 50, you have a chance for a C-section, which actually is very um, reflective of the current, if you look at the hospitals in the United States that have the highest C-section rates, um, the, the hospital with the highest C-section rate for low risk first time birthing mothers is at 51%. Currently, Wow! So that's literally flipping a coin. Like you might, you might not.
0: So you and don't then, have control over the outcome, but you have control over how many, var- a lot of the variables yeah. that, that impact how your birth goes.
1: Yeah. So you can't choose, you can't control the outcome, but you can choose what dice you're rolling or what coin yeah. you're flipping. Yeah. And what, what are the, some of the things
0: you recommend making sure that are on your birth plan?
1: Yeah. So it's not so much what's on your birth plan, you know, it's about because it truly doesn't matter. Like a birth at a, a home birth is no more special or no less special than a hospital birth or a planned C-section or emergency section, like emergency C-section. Every birth is sacred and unique. Um, but you should know like things like, do you want an epidural? Do you not want an epidural? Do you want a vaginal birth? Do you not want a vaginal birth? Do you want Are there specific ways that you cope with pain or specific ways, places that you carry tension in your body? Does your mind go to a certain set of negative beliefs? Um, Or are there certain positive scripts that you've worked on that you want someone to help you remember? Um, I think those are the basics of what I usually put on a birth plan. Um, The hospital's gonna wanna know about if you're breastfeeding, if you're not breastfeeding um do you want a golden hour do you want to be to hold your baby before you your baby gets weighed do oh yeah talk about the golden hour
0: what does the golden hour mean
1: oh yeah so the golden hour is um after your baby's born or as your baby's born where do they go like does your doctor deliver them and hand them to a nurse where they get washed and cleaned and weighed and get their tests done or does your Typically at the hospital, the doctor is the one that delivers your baby. It could be different at a a home birth or or birth center. But um, do they go immediately to your chest where you snuggle, wait for the cord to stop pulsing before you clamp it, maybe breastfeed before baby goes off to get cleaned and... So you get that immediate time of connection and peace and reassurance before you're doing all the routine tests and stuff that has to get done.
0: And for those left brain listeners out there, (laughs) I love the science behind it. They actually, you can Google this, the golden hour or the actual like timeline of babies' reactions. And I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it's really cool. All babies do this. First, they are born. They're very, very alert. They'll, They'll cry to clear their lungs, but naturally born without drugs in their system, um, they will be very, very alert for the first hour and watching and listening and just taking in their new surroundings and um, wanting to latch and breastfeed and interact with its parents. And if you disturb that, you can actually kind of mess up the rhythm for the rest of the day (laughs) for that baby. And So that's what they mean by the golden hour. You have this magical time and people say, oh, that baby's so alert. Wow, she's looking at her mama. Yep, that's normal. They've got an imprint. They've got a, you know, and that mama looking at that baby, oh, all the oxytocin, that's really important in the bonding. So that's the golden hour. And I love, even in hospitals, sometimes I see um, they'll they'll delay all the testing and all the weighing and the, because does your baby really need to be weighed right after it's born? can wait, right? <laughs> and they'll let the couple do the golden hour before all that stuff
1: as long as the baby's healthy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see that uh, most of my moms get that golden hour as long as there's no pressing concerns, Um, but it is something you have to ask for. And it is something you want to talk to your doctor about before, because some providers are more happy to provide that, might Mm -hmm. have that as their standard practice where other doctors might be like, "Mm, I don't know, maybe, and some hospitals might have different protocols around it. So it's just a matter of saying, am I in the right place for this thing that's really important to me? Yeah,
0: yeah. Making sure that, yeah, your team is. So you have this list that people can um, download, a free download on your site, which is so beautiful, by the way. She, Shebirthbradley.com. It's a gorgeous site. But 11 surprising things that might happen during labor. So what are some of the, those surprising <laughs> things? I mean, it's just so clickbaity. I just want to click on it. <laughs> <laughs> click click here yeah. you got my email shut <laughs> up take my money whatever you need <laughs> I got to get myself that guide but give us a teaser alert how or uh, spoiler alert and teaser what are some of the surprising things that happen
1: mm-hmm. so I wanted to put together a guide that you know I talk a lot about how magical birth can be and my biggest fear in talking about how magical it can be is that it's also hard. No matter how you go through birth, it's going to challenge you. And so, I wanted to give a tool to moms to say, like, these are the challenges that I will most likely face, and I have to be able to wrap my mind around how I'll cope with this before I get there. So, for example, one thing that a lot of that happens to a lot of moms that can be very um, kind of off-putting or scary is shaking. Like a lot of moms shake really. Oh yeah, really I did. Oh my gosh, it freaked me. I had no idea what it was. Right? No one tells it's you Right about after that. the birth, right after the birth, you mm-hmm. get the shakes. Yeah. And so I've been with moms who get it during transition or if you just get really, like really scared or go through a really big change. Like if you're like stuck at a five for a really long time and then you jump into transition, like, yeah, it's really common to get shakes. And there's not much you can do about it other than use your coping and your mental skills that you've hopefully practiced. And what's it caused you know, by? Um, it's just hormonal, hormonal shifts. It's
0: is it the, the adrenaline or just the hormonal, all of the hormones?
1: Yeah. It's just everything shifting really quickly in your body. Yeah. It's not I
0: know. I was like, what is this? And I was freaking out, which makes it worse, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely have you- a panic attack while you're having a panic attack. It makes it so much better. <laughs> I know, right? The more you fight it, the more your body's like, no, I'm going to get this out. And the, and the doctor, the first time the doctor's like, stop it, or I'm going to make you um, breathe in a bag, which of course just freaked me out more. Oh and I'm gosh. like, what is this? But by my third, I was like, I don't know, maybe it's my fourth. No, my third. I was like, oh, I no, I'm going to get the shakes. I'm going to ride it. So like after she's born, she's laying next to me. I'm like, "Ooh, riding it because it feels yeah. like if you're okay with it, it feels kind of cool. It's like shivering, but you're not cold. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just kind of feeling the vibrations and kind of, and my midwife's like, all right, let me know when you're done so I can check your, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yep. not done yet. This is loving it. Yeah. But yep. not just not just knowing, I totally didn't expect that. That's a great one. <laughs> yep. So it's another one?
1: Oh, throwing up. Like, oh yeah. Some moms throw up and there's, I mean,
0: it just As a happens, birth worker, right? I celebrate when they start throwing up. I'm like, woohoo, baby's
1: almost here. <laughs> right? Like, it's a great sign from the outside, but it totally sucks when you're going through it. So. Yeah, it really
0: does. It really does. I, I, They'll call me, they're like, oh, we think she's in labor, and I hear her throwing up in the background, and I'm like, "Um, I'll be right there.
1: Yeah, I'm on my way. See you soon. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna, Yeah, I'm going to race really fast there because you think she's in labor. That's cute. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So again, like, it's not um, a nauseous, but it's your, like, all of the wasn't well, it that our bodies shift into this more, um, not a fight or flight, but your body's working so hard to have this baby? Kind of all of the blood and all the energy is going to the womb, and not so much the digestive system, and so things can get a little weird. Is that what causes it? I think so. Yeah, it just gets
1: dicey, and it's totally <laughs> <Just> normal. <laughs> like
0: that's the scientific term for what happens. It just gets dicey. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, just keep eating. Don't worry about it. It will it might come back up, but it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> and that's another, I'm glad you said just keep eating because I think it's easy to forget that if you can, if you're allowed to, it's really important to keep energy in your system, whether that's like honey packs when you're in your more intense phase of labor or eating real food in your early labor is super, super, super yeah. important. So you can have the energy to sustain all this work that your body Well, I just doing. think if I'm going to spend
0: the entire day gardening, I better have some serious snacks. You know, have you ever done like some serious yard work? Right? I've gotten involved in an activity, hiking or whatever, and you sit down you're like, oh my gosh, I am famished. But the thing in birth is that you don't even, you don't have those hunger signals, but your body will still feel, your body will still lack the energy it needs if mm-hmm. you're not being fed so especially like multiple day labors yeah yeah
1: I specifically remember when I was having hazel I did a water birth and a home birth um for my second and I remember being in the tub so I'm in this like giant birthing tub um I was going through transition so it was like super intense and I remember like I would just go through a contraction and I would immediately relax my husband would put a cold cloth on my forehead and my mid um not my midwife my doula would stick like a honey one of those honey packs in my mouth Mm -hmm. and she would just like feed it to me like I was a baby and she's like Susie you need this and I pushed I ended up pushing for like four hours and if I didn't have that I really don't think I would have gotten through no No.
0: yeah yeah awesome yeah that's a big one okay next one
1: okay what's another one um oh Oh, I know the ring of fire oh the
0: ring of fire (laughs)
1: yeah His soundtrack for that
0: <laughs> it did to me, it never felt like a ring of fire. It felt like an exploding butt. but
1: you yeah, know. yeah, just that feeling of like the baby coming out feels I don't know different let's
0: <laughs> let's let's, yeah, let's maybe turn off if you're listening to this podcast with little tiny ears, maybe not this part. <laughs> But I just thought I was surprised the first time that having a baby feels like making the biggest poop of your life. Like right. the baby's head is pressing on your organs down there. I don't even know what it is, but it gives you the urge that you need to poop. Mm-hmm. But but like bigger, like a watermelon is sitting in your <laughs> in your colon. Like <laughs> right. Yeah, I was that surprised me. And then the the ring of fire they're talking about with the um, – because you feel the baby coming down. Sometimes – well, some moms don't if they're just so distracted by the whole intensity of the thing. But a lot of moms, if they know it's coming, they can actually feel the baby descend. Hmm. So did you have that experience with your first or was it only by your second that you had, like, figured this out?
1: No. With my first, I never – you know, I say like, oh, I was in labor 24 hours, but I never got to a three. So that wasn't even truly active labor yet. Mm. So I never got to really experience much of labor um, with my first. And my second, I remember, yeah, definitely, definitely remember the feeling of her, of her like whole body pushing. Yeah. You know, like."
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, like with every contraction, you can feel the push, especially later, but the actual dissension. Like, I remember being in the shower with one of mine and being like, oh, here she comes. And I could feel her like slip down the birth canal and start. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the midwife's like, get out of the shower. <laughs> I'm like, like, and I'm like, why? Why do I need to get out of the shower? Maybe that's one of the oh things you gosh, don't expect. That's so it's funny. Like, how logic doesn't make sense to you anymore? Like, right? why can't I birth in the shower where you can't reach me? That's weird.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why, why? She's like, we don't want the baby to fall into the bottom of the shower. And I was like,
1: oh yeah. oh yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. But it still doesn't sound fun to walk to the bed at this point, but yes. Mm-hmm. I'll do it for you though, midwife. Whatever you say? So how would you describe the ring of fire?
1: Oh, for me, you know, it was just, you know, I had a great midwife who really coached me to slow down and, um, go really slow. So for me, it wasn't like that bad of an experience, you know, like I think it's, it's worse. I see, I see moms complain more and say like that really hurt, like when they're having a really fast labor and they're, they're just pushing as hard as they can, as hard as they can, as hard as they can. And then Like you can actually see like the head coming out and that's usually like when my midwife said, okay, Susie, slow down, like wait till your next contraction and let it stretch. Um. So I I can't speak too much to it other than saying like, slow down and it'll feel a lot better. (laughs) It will feel, well, it's, it's so intense.
0: I know for me, I'm like, I don't want to slow down. You can't make me slow down. Stop being so mean to me. But in hindsight, (laughs) I wish I had slowed down because. Because those tissues will stretch. And if you're patient, mm-hmm. you're more likely not to remodel yourself like I chose to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> um, I ever, all four, with every single one, I got to that point. I'm like, out, 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 damn, out, out, out. <laughs> and I just
1: couldn't slow down. <laughs> yeah. And if your body takes over, it takes over and it is what it is.
0: Right? I think the but fourth, there was a, they call the fetal eject response.
1: Yes. I
0: felt like the fourth one was just exploding out of my butt like like a sneeze. Like oh you cannot my gosh. stop a
1: sneeze. <laughs> I love I've heard other moms say that it's like um when you get to that fetal ejection reflex point where your body's just doing it that it feels like you're just throwing up, like except yeah. For yeah. like throwing down. Yeah, throwing down, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing too that
0: surprised me was that um that the actual birth part didn't hurt. Yeah. It actually felt so
1: good. Yeah. I pushed for 4 hours and Did it feel none good? Of that felt hard. Like if no. I was pushing in the in the way that felt right to me. Yeah. Pushing feels
0: so good. Like itching a good mosquito bite, like Mm -hmm. that good. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. Right. I don't know. Like pushing feels good. And most, a lot of, well, I don't say most, but a lot of women say that pushing feels good.
1: Yeah. It's sweet relief from something pretty intense.
0: Yeah. Cause the, the opening, the dilation, the contractions beforehand, they're not always so great, but switching. So Mm -hmm the transitional period. And then after that, when the pushing starts, I was out, I was always like, cause my, my surges, my contractions would like be contractions. And then near the end, they would have this little like tickle at the end of pushy. And I'd be like, yes, yes. Pushy feeling. Yes. Cause before then they didn't <laughs> feel pushy, you know? So
1: mm-hmm.
0: when the midwife or the doctor says, do you feel pushy? <laughs> For me, it's, it's a clear distinction between a regular contraction and a pushy contraction.
1: Oh, yeah, you definitely know. Like your body's doing something different. and even if it's hard to describe with words, it's like you can totally feel the difference. Mm-hmm. Did you feel your baby as it was coming out? Um, I was a little bit too exhausted, but okay, <laughs> so the really cool thing about Hazel's birth was when I gave birth to her, um, my midwife did this like little scoop motion. So like, when she, came out, she scooped her right up and stuck her on my chest like that. So it was just Mm -hmm. like one little fluid thing onto my chest. And so she took her first breath in my arms and it was just this most amazing, amazing experience. And she was like the calmest baby. She like looked at me, she like cried for like half a second. And then she just looked up at me like, hi, mom. (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) We did it. That is so cool. All right. So what's another one? Oh, hot and cold, oh. like extreme temperature shifts. Like one second you're like sweating and pulling all your clothes off and the next being <laughs> like, excuse me, someone turned the heat on in here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Putting all the clothes back on. Why is everybody mm-hmm.
0: freezing? I, I think um, less so if you're, well, I don't know. What did you think about your water birth?
1: Um, I definitely felt hot and cold you did yeah, still I mean, being in the water was i think very grounding and kind of took away some of the shaky feeling or the weak feeling but i do remember my clothes like i had a rope with me and i just remember that thing going on and on off, and off on and off sometimes
0: yeah the day, so. super hormonal <laughs> yeah so in preparation make sure you have a fan ready make sure you have ice water make sure like you have things that people can help regulate your temperature
1: yeah. Oh, best thing being in warm water with a cool rag on your head so you can have yes. both at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we should put regulation in quotes cuz you're not really regulating anything. You you're know. just crazy, right? Then but well,
1: <laughs> just to give you some
0: comfort. Yeah, and I remember that the cool washcloths, oh, it felt so good. Cuz mm-hmm. you're working hard. You're it like is tough. You're, I'm not a gym goer, but it looks like you're,
1: you know, doing some serious weights. <laughs> yeah. And the uterus is really a contraction; is just your uterus working. You know, like if you think about a bicep curl, so you're you basically your doing curls up, for like, twelve hours, Great. right? And it sucks to do it for that long. And I, I don't it's know. It's worth
0: if, it. I don't know if it's true. I, I've heard the Braxton Hicks, the practice contractions, are are toning your uterus, and so I'm, I'm like, I don't know how it can be toning if it's not you know, like a bicep curl, you do it on purpose. You're like working it, working right. it. You don't have any control over your uterus muscle, So it's hard to like imagine it being as a real muscle. But I just remember thinking on my fourth birth to like those Braxton Hicks to like, um, not enjoy them, but like focus on them and let them be as big as they needed to be. Cause I felt like, mm-hmm. go uterus, go work out. I'll just be an innocent bystander. <laughs> you <laughs> get rid the
1: uterus and I'll just watch and appreciate it. <laughs> yeah speaking of that though you said it's hard to think of your uterus like a real muscle but your heart's a real muscle and body oh, it's a real muscle dang, and those yeah. muscles you can trust like crazy so those muscles you don't have to think about but they that's do True. you can trust them and your body knows how to birth your uterus knows what it's doing yeah that's that's a good point all right i stand completely <laughs> shifted in my paradigm awesome okay what's another one these are so fun Oh, my goodness. Oh, just the transition is short, but hard. Um, That point, you know, a lot of moms get to the point where they say, I can't do this anymore in a natural birth. And a lot of times that means you're in transition and you are almost through it. And I think it's a really important thing to recognize that that's like a legitimate emotional signpost mm-hmm. that birth workers watch for, for when yep, we say, do, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yep. And then we look at your labor contraction and we say, yeah, these contractions are longer yep. and you're not getting a break. You're in transi- transition, you're almost done.
0: Yep. So, Just so, don't be offended when your birth workers get super excited when you, you can't do it <laughs> anymore and you're like, no, actually I'm done. Like sign me out of this situation, um, mm-hmm. against AMA, I'm signing a form. Tell me where to sign. <laughs> uh, the yeah. other thing that surprises people, I think is that, um, transition can be really intense, but then there can be a huge lag. Like, okay, you're fully, yeah. done. you've been doing this laboring thing for like 24 hours or seven days or. Whatever. And then nothing. And your head's like, all right, I guess I was all pretend. I guess I'm not actually labor. I guess I'll be pregnant for the rest of my life. Like you can literally go there. So I've, I've seen transition stalls as long as like 45 minutes, really, like mm-hmm. there's nothing. And then mom's like, I just give up. I give up. This baby's never going to come out. And they like it all. And then, <laughs> and then, then the next one, she's like, oh, that one's different.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've heard one midwife call it the pause. Yeah, the great pause. Yep,
0: <laughs> just like the COVID thing. But yeah, the pause, <laughs> and it could be long. I had I I knew one gal that she had, um, her contractions were ten minutes apart the entire time after transition. Wow! And, and so the baby's like pretty much crowning. We could, the midwife could feel hair, and the mom's like, "I guess I'm just not in labor. I guess this is also <gasps> not. Maybe I should go to the hospital." And the midwife's like, "Stop!" Feel your baby.
1: Put your hand down there. So you're like, you can get this. Wow. Weird, you can get in this weird headspace. Oh, yeah. I've seen that too often with moms that have like, you might get checked and get told you're like at a three and you're like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And then it's been like half an hour and the midwife will say, well, let's just check and be sure. And they're at like an eight. And yeah.
0: They're like,
1: oh my gosh. Like, how is that even possible? Oh, let's talk about dilation. Yeah. That's a yeah. that's a
0: really interesting discussion. You can you can seriously dilate as fast as your body wants to go or as slow as your body wants to go. Like there's no there's no, they say in the hospital it should be an hour a centimeter per hour or something whatever, but it's not that <laughs> I know no, I, I think went that's from my second misguided. It's so unfair. It's so mean. I know my first yep. my second I was a 3 and um and then they checked me and then I started pushing 66 minutes later and they said, stop pushing. You're going to destroy You know, you're going to blow yourself apart. And I'm like, I'm pushing, stay up, you know, anyway, they checked. I was complete. So yeah. an hour went from a three to complete.
1: Wow. Not with the other babies, just that special baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I get to do um, is I, I set up water uh, labor tubs in people's homes for home births. And I remember this one week. It was the craziest thing because I had four moms having babies, and one of them, her whole labor from start to finish, was less than five hours. One of them was four days. We had to go like drink that tub and refill it like a, a multiple d- mo- many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other two just had like pretty standard, you know, like followed whatever regular curve you see. And I just remember it was such an eye-opening experience to see all of these moms, you know, all laboring naturally, all having these perfect births, but each story was so extraordinarily unique. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're talking about dilation, you know, one of them's going from three to eight in like a couple hours. One of them was stuck at a five. That's a, a hard mental place to be stuck for a long time. And I think that that having expectations about how fast you're going to dilate can really mess with your head. Yeah. Especially if you're altering, you know, either if you're going really fast or you're going slower, it's a total mental game. And I think too um,
0: that so many times we, tell, we sh- tell women, you don't have to be checked. Don't be checked if you don't want to be checked. And there's, there's, a, there's like a medium ground in that you can allow yourself to be checked but ask your provider not to tell you the number. I've seen that happen a lot because um, it's so discouraging to be working so hard and be at a five, like you said, or a six or a seven for an hour straight or two hours straight. And um, just not knowing that number – can really help just keep, preserve your headspace. Just be like, I'm just trucking along, but it can give the provider really valuable information. Like, mm-hmm. um, I know I didn't want to be checked, but on my fourth, but, um, she said, you know, Sarah, just the noises you're making and what you're doing. I just feel like something's off. Can I just check you really quick? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to know the number. And she checked me and she's like, mm, she felt a lip but she didn't say anything. Well, I don't remember she said anything. I don't know. I was laboring, busy. Um, but she moved me. She encouraged me to get into a different position. And immediately the next contraction, um, I felt pushy. And the baby was born like less than 10 minutes later. And so I had gone from a seven to com- to baby born. And it was just wow. because I was in a position that was wonky. And so here I was needlessly suffering, honestly, needlessly miserable in this position because when you're laboring, sometimes you don't like think about your position, like any movement seems like too much work, Mm -hmm. but because I allowed her to check me, she could then provide me with a tool to help me, you know, to help progress faster. So that's, that's another thing too, is you don't, you know, if if, if you're, if you're, if your provider's just checking you against a checklist, that's kind of dumb, but if they're looking for ways to help you or to
1: see what's going on, that could really be a useful tool. And there's some legitimate um, reasons, especially when it comes down to baby's positioning or if there's something wonky going on with your labor pattern, you know, like being able to switch positions or encourage baby into a better position can really, really change your labor significantly.
0: Yeah. And that goes back to like stay empowered the whole time, but just know that you'll go deep, deep, deep inside. And Mm -hmm even remembering to drink or pee. Me and my midwife would have so many arguments about how long it had been since I came.
1: <laughs> and I can't I don't like, want to walk to the bathroom again. Well, that's the thing is it I can't,
0: she would get go. so frustrated with me because I can't willingly pee on a Chuck's pad. Like I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And so we'd have to get up and go to the bathroom. She's like, "Will you just pee on a Chuck's
1: pad. <laughs> like I can't. Yeah. But, but an empty bladder really helps too it does Ooh, speaking of that those like depends underwear can be really great to labor in because those are like if you don't like walking back and forth to the bathroom they are easier to pee in I can't I can't pee my pants but
0: <laughs> but they also oh the other surprising thing I was surprised at um again not for little ears maybe um that stuff comes out the whole time almost the whole time in oh, labor yeah. there's stuff coming out like first there's your your bloody show your plug your mucus plug. Mm-hmm. And then there's stuff, you know, as your cervix opening. And so, yeah, having it depends on just will give you like more. You can do your yoga poses without worrying about.
1: Yeah. Anything they're easy. You can like just rip them off. Like you don't, they're not like underwear where you have to like get them down over your legs. You know, they just kind of tear on the sides. So it's like. It's like a pull up. Yeah. <laughs> the adult, the adult birthing woman's
0: version of a pull up. They are so cute. And, and they even like have patterns on them now like just like I mean mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can get Dora the Explorer but I think <laughs> they're pink there's some cute pink ones yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness I they're great for after birth too yeah they oh. are yeah 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 if you know all these little things you could just laugh your way through the entire labor
1: <laughs> right Yep. And that's where like the emotional work comes in. Like I remember um, one more thing on the list is that you might poop. I remember thinking that there is no way I'm going to poop in front of somebody. No. Oh my gosh. No, it's more, my like, mom's like, you need to get an enema and make sure that as soon as you get into labor, you need an enema. And I was
0: like, what's an enema? And she's like, it makes you poop. And I'm like, why would I,
1: why would I want to do that? <laughs> yeah. But if you can mentally get to a place where you're okay with these things happening and they're not so bad. But if every single little thing that, um, let me take that word little back. If each of these things, as it happens, is another layer of stress and another um, thing that you're suffering through, they can add up really fast. And yeah. And don't worry, your provider
0: knows. And actually, again, I get really excited when I start seeing poop because it means baby's head is right there. <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's late stage labor. It's not the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they, um they every midwife I know has fishing nets. They use a new mm-hmm. one for each client and they're all ready to go fishing. That's usually the assistant midwife's job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, yeah. just, they keep you clean and well, that's it's, in a birth pool. Super, yeah. super easy.
1: Yep. It's, and it's part of birth work. Like, you know, I remember feeling really embarrassed about it when it was me as a mom trying to think like, How like I can't do that in front of somebody. I can't poop in front of my husband. (laughs) Yeah. That's not gonna happen. It did. Um, but now that I'm a birth worker, like I don't even think twice about it. No, I don't either. Like it's Mm -mm. just such a it's just part of labor. And it's not actually
0: that you're pushing so hard the poop comes out, it's actually the your head, the baby's head is physically pushing on your colon and, and massaging that stuff out. So you like, you don't have control. And if you want to have any kind of control, you're actually, you know, you're going to be clenching, which is going to make the birth process harder. So just let your baby and actually, okay, this wow, well, I feel very vulnerable right now, (laughs) but I mean, it's not super fun to go number two after the baby's born anyway. So if you can go into the postpartum period with a cleaned out system, it's actually (laughs) nice kind of nice to not have to do that for the first couple days yep there's the other side benefit thank you baby see the baby knows it's all connected right like something I still have I still think that plumbing down there is oh good. my goodness there could be some improvements on this system agreed agreed <laughs> so, you know yeah. wow so what, what what's another one I know you oh, have hit goodness. 11.
1: I know, I'm trying to think. I should have printed it out before. <laughs> <laughs> I made this guide a long time ago. Um, let's see, we went over the ring of fire. Oh, I think I don't know if this one's on there or not, but the emotional stages of labor um, and the feelings of doubt is really common to have at certain points in labor. Like when you go from um like early labor to active labor, almost every mom feels like this is too hard, you know? And as a doula, I'm like, yes, <laughs> she's getting to that place where she's, her labor is changing. It feels overwhelming. And that like, it's a moment in time and you get past it and you get into, you get into labor, you get like this new, fresh mindset. And then you hit that again and transition just a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's important to, to recognize like you are on an emotional journey and every woman that births a child has these emotions you're not like alone and feeling your doubt or fear you're not alone and feeling sad at some points you're not alone and feeling happy it's all very emotional and very rough and that's okay
0: yep yep and you can completely be yourself during labor like you don't have to you don't you go to some some other worldly place you do you go somebody can do this for you you know you do mm-hmm. go to i tell mamas they go to the top of the mountain to to collect their baby and come back down like nobody can hike to the top of the mountain with you they can't summit with you um but i've seen mamas laugh all the way all the way like because oh, yeah. in between the contractions even when they're the most intense a lot of times there's absolutely no sensation between the contractions and so you can like tell a joke or you can ask a question or you can listen to somebody and then you go back down you know, go, go Mm -hmm. back under, or you can stay under the whole time and just be in your own little world, but you like, you're still yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Don't like turn into a crazy monster. You are still yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think the more you've practiced your relaxation techniques, the easier it is to, um, come back to a place of feeling like yourself. Yeah, you know, like if you've come to a place where you're okay with things being intense, and then you're okay, it's like the opposite. It's within you, like bring you power. Like the more intense it is, the more you relax. You know, if you can realize that the more, um, like in early labor, you might have like a a big I'll put in quotations contraction, and then you're just like chit chatty. But then, like it might be that as your contraction gets bigger. Your relaxation also gets bigger and your focus and your relief yeah. is like an equal and opposite reaction to that that work. Yeah. And
0: then the emotional play between you and your partner as well. If your partner's there, you may mm-hmm. hate them one moment. <laughs> Why did you make me do this? And then you might <laughs> love them the next moment and be yeah. come here, snuggle it, snuggle this baby out. And that's okay too. And warning the partner that, you know, it's nothing personal. <laughs> yeah.
1: Partners actually, we give them a lot of work to do in the birth room now, you know, especially considering like a generation ago or two generations ago, they weren't even allowed near the birth room, you know? Yeah, that's true. Oftentimes they have the main supporting role, which is huge. Yeah, totally.
0: Totally. And so they get to go through the journey too. I mean, I've seen Mm -hmm. birth partners go through the whole sadness, the whole despair,
1: the whole elation as well. Yeah. And I think it's a very challenging thing to be on the outside when you're not that familiar, familiar familiar with the birth where you're watching someone you love do something really hard. And the only thing you want to do in the whole world is take it from them and make it easier for them. Mm-hmm. And instead you have to just hold space for them to do the work. It can be a very, it, it takes a lot of um, just to the, the partners out there. Um, it is a very demanding job. And I, I think we need to give proper proper respect where where it's due for these people that are are doing their best to show up for the the birthing mothers in their life
0: that's a really really good point really good point awesome wow well we could talk all day because you're super fun so tell us tell everybody where they can find more information
1: yeah about so, you and contact you mm-hmm. so my blog is called she births bravely Um, I have a lot of tools and resources, especially I think some of the most popular posts I have are compilations of birth videos that, um, you know, if if seeing, I think one of a really powerful thing to do is see other women giving birth and hearing what they say about it. And, you know, when you see all these other women being able to do it, it's like, wow, maybe I can do it too. And it opens up that possibility for you.
0: I always say Um, you can't unsee these good births. Yeah. And they really affect how you birth yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. And it also o- opens up the space of like, oh, how did they cope with that? You know, if you're a visual learner, it's like, oh, if they if they liked a back massage, maybe I'll like a back massage. I should ask for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. What well, she's eating a frosty in transition? I want a frosty in transition. Yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe, maybe not a frosty. Maybe keep
1: that thing away from me, but whatever you want. <laughs> Yeah, yeah um yeah so check out the blog I have a, a coping and la- labor workshop that's a really easy instead of um I do have like a childbirth education class that's in the works but right now I have four months just like the best coping skills that will help you get through labor you know like if if you only have time to do one thing or learn one thing about birth like this is what you should learn yeah I tried to take like the most important things and put it in this one one hour (laughs) workshop yeah you can get it and learn it and use it right away and then it has a bunch of other like resources like as far as if you need more information, this is how you get more information, but this is the most important. So
0: perfect. Awesome. And as always, if you want to reach out to her through me or have a question about this episode, you can reach me at media at birthcircle.com. Thank you so much, Susie. I really appreciate you.
1: Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Sarah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.
0: Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience.